The new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to Sunday morning. I like to say that if it's Sunday morning in America, then it's time for Money Wise. And my name is Ray Lance. I'm a good representative of USA Wealth Group. And with me this morning is attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. So, Tenny, how long have we been married? Oh, never mind. (laughs) We won't actually go there. My memory is going, you know. (laughs) So, Tenny runs the law firm Lance Law, Inc., along with attorney Michael Coleman. They're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And I work alongside Peter Lance, Pete Lance, and he and I work with the USA Wealth Group. We help folks with retirement planning and financial services. And Peter also runs Lance Family Insurance Agency. So we have quite a family operation, but we've got a great staff of people too, don't we, Denny? Oh, yes. They're all very pleasant, very happy, very anxious to welcome you. Welcome who, me? (laughs) Usually not you. No, no. (laughs) I just wanted to, to clarify that. Well, good Sunday morning. You know, there's there's nothing worse than people worrying about having to go to a nursing home or having a family go to a nursing home. And what's that going to mean for their money, their assets? How are they going to pay for it? Are they going to lose their house? Are they going to lose everything they've saved all their lifetime? It's a real concern, isn't it, Tenny? It is. I don't think that I see more than one or two clients a week who don't ask sometime during our consultation about, well, but what do I do about nursing home costs? Everybody's concerned. And why is it such a serious concern today? Is it because of the cost of nursing home? Well, it is. No, None of us want to go to a nursing home, and all of us know that nursing homes are incredibly expensive if you are what's called a private pay patient. If you're using your own funds to pay for your nursing home stay, and uh, the costs can be so outlandish that many, many elderly people go bankrupt paying for it. But most people pay for nursing homes, ideally not as a private pay patient, but under the state Medicaid program? Well, the vast majority of people do end up on Medicaid because they simply run out of their own money. So I know sometimes it's been said that Medicaid is a program for poor people because you have to be poor before you qualify for it. Yes, that's true. It's a program that is designed to pay when uh, all other sources are used up. And so for a single person to be in a nursing home and get Medicaid, you have to have only $2,000 to your name. That's such a surprising figure to most people. They just have no idea that you have to be that poor. So I think what most people probably don't understand is that the Medicaid program, which is administered through MassHealth, is that correct? That's right. In Massachusetts, there's different names for it across the country. But yes, in Massachusetts, it's MassHealth. And Medicaid is really paid in combination between the federal government and the state government, right? That's right. And what that means is that since there are federal monies involved, it's 
uh, an obligation of the state to make sure that all the federal laws and regulations, as long as the state laws and regulations are complied with. So there are numerous, numerous regulations related to this program. So I'm not going to fully understand these charts, but I know that the net amount that Massachusetts pays for the Medicaid program is $8 billion, which is a staggering amount of money. Yes, it's um, about the single biggest element of the state budget, and it represents somewhere between 20 and and 40 percent. So an average about 40 percent of the state budget goes into Medicaid programs. Well, it's it's very significant. And so when government is looking for ways to cut the budget or balance the budget, whether it's the federal or the state, then they have to be concerned about either ways they can cut into these programs, I assume. That's right. Um, but there are so many people who can simply not afford the costs of regular health care or long-term care in a nursing facility. So that's why Medicaid has grown to be such an enormous program in this country. All right, so let's talk about some of the statistics. Uh, For example, I understand that MassHealth right now services about 1.9 million people in the Commonwealth, or one in four residents receives some kind of assistance from MassHealth, uh, 25%. That's pretty incredible. Yes, but you have to remember that MassHealth is a very comprehensive uh, organization of programs. It isn't just paying for people in nursing homes okay, long term. Uh, it pays for poorer people who just need regular health insurance. And for those who are younger um, and have disabilities, all kinds of things go into the Mass Health program. Yeah, I'd like to actually talk about some of those statistics because they are kind of interesting. Children of all incomes, every single income level in Massachusetts, Forty percent, two out of five, are receiving some kind of assistance from MassHealth. That's amazing to me. It is. It's it's an incredible statistic. Um, at some point, we have to get our laws um, oriented around the fact that health care should be a human right. I also learned that three out of four low-income children, 72% of all low-income children, uh, which is 100%, Uh, or less than 100% of the federal poverty level, are receiving some kind of Medicare assistance. It also interested me when we're talking about nursing homes that two-thirds of the people in the nursing home, 63%, are receiving assistance from MassHealth. That's amazing. Actually, to me, it's surprising that it isn't even higher because um, I assume what goes into this is Um, the fact that some people are in nursing homes for rehabilitation and therefore are covered by Medicare. But uh, this statistic relates to mass health in general. And so uh, it could be people who are there for rehab or it could be people who are there long term. And I guess the last category that we should mention, just in fairness, is that uh, people with disabilities obviously receive assistance from the Medicare um, uh, Medicaid program, Mass Health program, 58% or three out of five people with disabilities will receive some assistance from Mass Health. And that's probably to be expected. But what's still amazing to me, Tenny, is that one third, more than one third, 35% of the entire state budget in Massachusetts 
is spent on mass health yes um mass health says that it pays about $354 per day for every person it supports in a nursing home in Massachusetts. $354 a day. So what I'm going to basically suggest, Tenny, this is Attorney Tenny Lance we're talking with, is that if people want assistance under the MassHealth program, not only do they need to visit MassHealth, but they need to talk with people like you who know what they're doing when it comes to protecting assets from the nursing home. Well, our theory in the office is that, um, yes, it's a program for poor people. Yes, it's a program that everybody through their taxes supports. But it's also true that it seems unfair that those who end up in a nursing home long term lose all their assets while those people who are at home and die in bed, which most of us want to do, end up being able to pass on their assets to their children or to their uh, designated beneficiaries. So I'd like to make a really general statement and tell me whether you agree with this or don't agree with it or have clarification. The Medicaid program, which is different from Medicare, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Under the Medicaid program, it really is a program designed for poor people who don't have enough assets to help take care of themselves. And if you're not poor and you have some assets, you have to pay privately and spend down. Or, in other words, if you're not poor and you need help, you have to get poor in order to qualify for help. Is that fairly yes, accurate? Yes, that is accurate. And the, the issue that I have is, is that fair um, to the people who would like to pass their assets on to their children, to their beneficiaries, um, in comparison with those who don't ever end up in this generally horrible place that people don't ever want to go to called a nursing home. Could you tell us and tell our listeners just for a moment, what's the real difference between Medicare and Medicaid? Because people still get confused by that. Medicare is a federal program for health insurance for the elderly. And so if you are 65 or over, then everyone, pretty much everyone, other than those people who continue to work and get health insurance from their employers, that is a health insurance program. It pays for doctors and hospitals and short-term care for rehabilitation. And so Medicare, for example, will cover elderly people. It also covers people with disabilities sometimes, right? That's correct. And it covers behavioral services, uh, daycare treatment, partial hospitalization. If you go to a hospital and you need assistance, sometimes Medicare will pay for part of that. But MassHealth, then, on the state level, will step in and pick up some of the excess over that that perhaps is not covered by private insurance or Medicare? If you're poor, yes, MassHealth steps in. Medicare generally only pays about 20%. I'm sorry. Medicare only pays about 80% of the hospital and doctor bills. Therefore, there's a 20% gap that most people make up by some kind of supplemental health insurance plan like Blue Cross or United or Tufts or Harvard something Pilgrim. like that, Harvard Pilgrim. You know, like you and I have Harvard Pilgrim as a supplement. Right. 
So just remember that when it comes to Medicare, if you're over 65 years of age and you're receiving Medicare health insurance from the federal government, it doesn't cover everything and you need to pick up a supplement plan. Not only... Go ahead. Right. Not only does it not cover everything on a regular basis for health care, but it does not pick up long-term care at all. So we're talking this morning with attorney Tenny Lance. Uh, She's very knowledgeable. She's not allowed to call herself an expert, but I call her an expert in many, 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 many things because I live with her. Well, (laughs) well, I have to, right? I mean, I can't go home at night. I don't (laughs) call you my expert. But I would like to tell everybody that on um, Saturday, August 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning, there's going to be a special Brunch and Learn program at the offices of Lance Law, Inc. and USA Wealth Group, Inc. to talk about the 2018 key tax changes. And part of that program is also going to discuss some of the things that we're talking about right now, which is how do you protect your home from the nursing home? So that's a very important conference coming up Saturday, August 18th. It is limited seating. There's only room for about 20 or 22 people there. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning, Saturday, August 18th. If you have interest in in attending, you must make a reservation. It's essential. Give a call to 508-998-8800, and they'll be happy to make a reservation for you. You know, Tenny, you can't learn enough information about this subject, and, and it's really very complicated. You've been doing it for a long while. It's a program... Would you say it's a program that is of more concern for older people? Is that a fair Are you question? talking about Medicaid? Medicaid. Um, yes, absolutely. It's a concern for older people because none of us know if and when we may end up in a nursing facility long term. Did you ever hear of Lucille Ball? Oh, funny, funny lady. She was a great lady. She said, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. That's right. And then I like also Bob Hope. He said, I'm so old they've canceled my blood type. (laughs) I guess I might say, I'm not sure if I have a blood type anymore. (laughs) But maybe others would agree. Well, uh, the subject of protecting people is really what you're all about, isn't it, Tenny? I mean, everything you do in your office is designed to help protect people and families. Yes, whether it's having the proper legal documents in place or helping people to understand how they might save some of their assets if they end up in a nursing facility. That's what we do. That's what we enjoy. Uh, We try to help everyone in some way, um, and not everybody has the same issues. So every case is different, and we enjoy talking with people about ways that we could help. You know, Tanya, I found a quote this morning that I thought was partly about you and partly about me. It says, as we grow older, our bodies get shorter. <laughs> That's true. That's just true. <laughs> and our jokes get longer. Oh, heavens, yes. <laughs> Are they jokes like, now? Well, I don't know. Anecdotes. <laughs> Anecdotes is a more diplomatic, polite way to talk about using jokes. It's also fun just to pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about um, Medicaid and mass health and so forth. Do you think that the... A uh, number of people who are getting assistance is getting longer. Is it is the list growing longer every year? Are more and more people using these kinds of programs? 
Well, I think that's true because what is happening is the costs of nursing home care uh, are increasing dramatically and regularly. So it becomes less and less possible for people to pay for their care with their own funds. They just plain run out of money. And by the way, it's estimated that 3.5% of the population in the state of Massachusetts uh, has no health insurance or any kind of coverage at all. And that's interesting in Massachusetts because we do have a law that requires everyone to have health coverage or to pay a, a tax in replacement for that. I guess a lot of people simply can't do it. So, Tenny, in Lancelot, Inc., I know that for at least 20 years or more, you've been helping clients get through this Medicaid process. Um, have you been successful with that process? I understand you haven't had any applications denied. That's correct. Um, the application process is difficult and usually lengthy, uh, but so far we've been successful with all that we've helped um, and I like to go back and talk about my story as to why I got involved in this process to begin with. Um, my mother ended up seven years as a patient in a nursing facility. And as you know, Ray, we lost her house and we lost all of my parents' savings to the nursing facility because she was there for such a long time. So uh, it became important for me at that point to try to figure out how to help people not be in the same difficult, distressful situation. Mm -hmm. So that was a strong motivation for you then, wasn't it? It was. And as you know, your mother was in a nursing facility for five years, but your mother well, was never a wealthy woman. In fact, we had her live in a little cottage in our backyard for years with no rent paid or anything, and she was happy as a clam. Um, and she received, of course, the same level of care in her nursing facility as my mom, who was paying privately, did. There is a law that says that there can't be any discrimination in a nursing facility between those who are supported by Medicaid and those who are private pay. But you've had a lot of experience doing Medicaid applications, haven't you? Oh, we've done many, many applications. That's right. Is it safe to say that they're a pain in the neck and they're difficult? It, it, it seems to me that it is an affront to the elder community to make the process as difficult as it is. If, if you're older, if you don't want to go to a nursing home to begin with, if you're worried about your finances as it is in the retirement time of your life, and then you run into this Medicaid process where the application itself is over 20 pages long, multiple, multiple questions. Everybody has to try to figure out what are they asking? What do they want? What can we do? So I have to say that I've never done a Medicaid application. I've never looked through one. And I never want to. I never care to. I don't blame you. It is absolutely the most non-fun you can have. Well, we'll have to think about that one a little carefully. <laughs> but the bottom line is when you're doing a Medicaid application, it's really very difficult to do it for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. You need to get the advice and the assistance from somebody who really knows what they're doing. And even though it might cost some money to do the Medicaid application and to make sure that you are protected and your assets are going to be protected as much as possible, 
um, it's it's worth the funds that you have to pay for it to get it done right and to make sure you qualify as soon as possible, right? Yes. Um, in fact, the payment of, of us to help you with the Medicaid program is generally exceeded many times over by the amount that we are able to save people. There are, are various ways, tricky kind of ways, that funds can be saved and you can get on Medicaid earlier than you might otherwise. So give Tenny a call, Attorney Tenny Lance at 508-998-8800, and she'd be happy to give you specific advice on qualifying for the nursing home or protecting your home. Now, Tenny, I know that you do real estate work, you do regular estate planning work, you do wills and trusts and durable powers of attorney and all those things, but you also do Medicaid applications and you give up Medicaid advice. And I also know that a lot of people go to see you just because they want to make sure that their house is protected above and beyond anything else. That's a major concern for most people, isn't it? Yes. uh, A house is usually a couple or a person's biggest asset. They've worked all their lives to get the house to pay off the mortgage to make sure that it is passed down as an asset to their beneficiaries. So people get very upset when they think that they may have to sell the house in order to pay for their long-term care. And protecting your house is really, I suspect, the number one goal for a lot of people. Now, if people are going to see you in your office for an appointment, um, and it's a regular estate planning appointment, is there a charge for that initial consultation? No. Our charges uh, may seem complex to people, but um, if someone comes in and is seeking estate planning documents, such as a trust or a will, durable powers of attorney and health care powers of attorney, then there isn't a charge to consult with us because we end up producing documents that, uh, that we do charge for. The difference is with Medicaid that most of what we do when we have Medicaid consultations is we provide advice. We provide Uh, strategies as to ways that you can save money. And since that does not result in any document production, we do charge for that consultation. And it becomes complicated because people may want to talk about both estate planning and Medicaid, but we try to distinguish between them. Why are there more women in a nursing home than men, do you suppose? Well, there's the old joke that you used to find so interesting that uh, men live longer than, I'm sorry, women live longer than men, and women, um, therefore, are the majority of the population, but men die young, particularly those who are married, because... They want to. (laughs) (laughs) People sort of laugh at that. I don't know that that's so funny. Well, you know, this is a nice quotation. Uh, Men are but children of a larger growth. (laughs) That sounds terrible. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) In other words, men are little boys who have just gotten bigger, basically. (laughs) Well, we'll uh, we'll continue with that in just a moment. But I'd like to talk just for a moment and just reiterate the fact that um, you have a lot of experience and you have a lot of training in helping people protect their house from the nursing homes and protecting their assets I know you are a member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, for example. 
We are, and we're also members of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, particularly the Massachusetts chapter of that. And the Massachusetts chapter of NALA is very active in fighting what appears to be unfair regulations or laws um, relating to the Medicaid program. And Naylor is wonderful about helping attorneys understand Medicaid and uh, getting the latest bit of information as to how assets might be preserved. Do you think it's a good idea or bad idea to have nursing homes fill out the Medicaid applications? We almost always say that it is not a good idea to go to the uh, cheap firm that, me- that nursing homes may recommend to make out the Medicaid program. Nursing homes have the need to earn money. Uh, they can't stay in business unless they do, and I don't blame them for that at all. But if somebody from the nursing home is helping you make out your Medicaid application, they're not looking out for your best interest. They're looking out to make sure that the nursing home is going to be paid. We're going to come back in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and continue our very important discussion about how to qualify for Medicaid, how to protect your house, and what are some of the specific things that you could do to legally spend down money for somebody who's about to go into a nursing home without getting yourself in trouble and still qualifying the person to receive Medicaid assistance. So stay tuned, and we will be right back with Attorney Tenny Lance. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show every week that wants to tell you all kinds of different ways and ideas and plans for how you can protect your family. That's really what we are all about. My name is Ray Lance, and I'm pleased to have with me this morning my lovely wife, Attorney Tenny Lance. Welcome back, Tenny. Well, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. And I would like to mention again that we are uh, are going to produce this Upcoming seminar or course or whatever you like to describe it. Brunch and Learn. Brunch and Learn, we call it. And it will be August 18th, which is a Saturday in our office on Fonts Corner Road. And it is from 10 to 1130. And it has two different subjects. One is you, Ray, talking about the new tax law and how important it is to understand this law so that you might make better use of it. Uh, And the second part will be a discussion about the Medicaid program. Medicaid is so incredibly complicated that it's difficult for people that haven't run up against it yet to understand how it works, what its purposes are, how to help yourself save some assets. Well, we're really going to be talking on Saturday, August 18th, about two difficult subjects. One is some of the important changes In a fairly quick summary form, so you can get some ideas of things you can do under the new tax law for 2018 that might result in saving money. And the other thing is, what if your most important goal is you really want to protect your house, you want to protect your family, you don't want to lose all the assets you've accumulated, then you need to listen to the portion of the conference that's going to be uh, presented by Tenney talking about how you can protect your home from the nursing home. So Saturday, August 18th, 10 o'clock in the morning, here's the only hitch. You must make a reservation. Give a call to 508-998-8800, and they'll be happy to make a reservation for you. And there is no cost for this seminar. Um, We even will provide you with a light breakfast. 
Well, that's good to know. Do I get to eat also? You talk too much. I talk too much. You're <laughs> right. There's not a chance to get anything in my mouth otherwise because I talk too much. All right. I'll accept that. Well, we talked about what is Medicaid. We talked about the differences between Medicare and Medicaid. Let's talk about some of the specific things that people could do, should do, or more importantly, should not do to try to protect assets from the nursing home. So let me ask you this question, Tenny. If somebody thinks, gee, my mom's going to go into the nursing home, she'll probably will have to be in the nursing home two years. Let's take everything out of her name and put it in the names of the kids. Is that a good plan? It is absolutely not a good plan, and the reasons are many. Um, First of all, Medicaid has a five-year look-back period. And what that means is that whatever you do, whatever you might give away today, is going to make you ineligible for Medicaid for five years or during the next five years, I should say. And, and that's hard for people to wrap their brains around. If you give money now to your grandson for his college education, that gift is going to impact you should you need to go into a nursing home for the next five years. So that's a pretty big reason why you don't want to gift everything away if a nursing home is in your near future. The other reason that we tell people not to put their kids' names on everything um, is, first of all, it takes um, that out of your personal control. But more importantly, if that child should unexpectedly and uh, perhaps without cause create something that gets them sued or if they should be divorced, your assets... Car accident. Car accident, exactly. Uh, your assets that are in their name are at risk. Um, And so it is just not a good idea to give things away to children or to, um, for a variety of tax reasons as well, or to add their names to your bank account and think that that's going to work. It doesn't work. So estate planning and, and estate planning with trust can be a little bit complicated, but I think that Attorney Tenny Lance does a great job to explain it. Medicaid planning can be just as complicated because there's always questions, I guess, Tenny, about when should you apply for Medicaid or when should you take the house and put it in somebody else's name? Um, When should you spend down? When should you fix the house up? Let's talk about fixing the house. Let's say somebody's going to go into a nursing home. They didn't have a chance to do pre-planning and the house needs repairs, and they've got a lot of money in the bank. Can they spend money out of the bank account to help fix up the house? Well, generally the answer to that question is yes, particularly if you are a couple, and there are ways that we can save the house for the the person who is going to remain living in that house, as MassHealth calls it, the community spouse. Um, It's possible for the spouses to spend whatever they want to on their house, as long as that house is going to remain theirs. The problems are numerous, um, not the least of which is finding a contractor that you can hire and feel good about and get the work done and paid so that then you have spent down. You are not eligible for Medicaid until the day that you are in the nursing home and poor, And so you can't plan on doing renovations to the house 
next year and get to be eligible for Medicaid now. That doesn't work. Okay. So you have to plan ahead of time. And I guess there's really a difference between pre-planning and planning at the last minute. So if you do pre-planning, then you can save virtually everything, right? Yes. And pre-planning means five years or more. So don't hesitate. Don't wait. I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about one of the most important pre-planning things that you do, something called the Irrevocable Income Only Trust. Can we talk about that for just a minute? Sure. Um, As you indicated, people are often most anxious to protect their house because it's important to them. It's their biggest asset. It's what they want to pass on to their beneficiaries. Now, saving a house is difficult if you are anticipating Medicaid. And so what we suggest to folks is plan ahead, and you can use this vehicle called an irrevocable income-only trust to hold the house and eventually protect it from Medicaid. Okay. You know, I'd like to remind people at this point and remind you as well, Tenny, that the five-year look-back period that most people are now familiar with used to be three years, and it used to be 30 months, and it used to be 24 months. So the government has a history of extending out these look-back periods. So you need to think about that and keep that in mind. The look-back period used to be 24 months. If you transferred assets all out of your name and 24 months went by, it was protected. And then the government increased it. to I think it went to 30 months and then to 36 months. Then it jumped up to five years. What if it goes to eight years or ten years? Well, the thing that happened in 2006 that made the penalty period much worse for people is that the penalty does not begin until you are in the nursing home and poor. It used to begin on the day of the gift. Uh-huh. And therefore, the penalty period would often run out or you could plan for that penalty period, covering it by what used to be called half a loaf, um, in order to then be eligible for Medicaid and not have that penalty occur when you're in the nursing home. Now it's just exactly the opposite. So you're in the nursing home, you're broke, and you have no way of paying for your care because the penalty period starts then. Very, very difficult to comprehend all of this. It is a difficult concept. And again, it's it's an important reminder of why it's important to work with somebody who's an expert. I do want to mention before I forget also that I'm looking at a brochure that you brought with you today, Tenny, uh, from Lance Law, Inc., and it says, set the stage for Medicaid eligibility. And it's a little handout on ideas and tips that you think that you should look at now. It has a nice picture of you and Michael in it. And um, basically it says, when should you plan? Well, and it's not just a question of doing an irrevocable trust and transferring your house into it, it's, is it? It's, it's a question of making sure you have other uh, legal documents and legal plan in place. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, making plans for your finances are very, very important, but that does not um, – people don't understand that that – usually means also doing some legal documents like a durable power of attorney for property. And what is that document? What does that do and why is that important? 
in that durable power of attorney, you name somebody to act as your agent if you can't do something or if you just don't want to do something, if you're incapable of getting to the bank, for example. That agent can take care of your property, whether it's your real estate, your bank account, your IRAs, your annuities, any of those sorts of things. Well, this is getting entirely too serious. I have to give you a quotation from (laughs) Mae West. She says, a man in the house is worth two in the street. (laughs) Not always. Not always. That's probably true. (laughs) I guess everybody could say that, right? Especially at certain times. Well, Usually, though. I don't know why I have all these jokes and quotations about men. Uh, In every real man, a child is hidden that wants to play. Oh, that's true. That was a famous uh, German philosopher, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. Man toys. Yeah, that's true. Um, And then Groucho Marx had a really important quotation, I think, on men. Man does not control his own fate. The women in his life do that for him. (laughs) Well, women are very good planners, usually. Do you think women are better planners than men? I do. Okay. Men are probably more spontaneous and wanting to take action and just jump in and do something, I suppose. Yes. Women, all the time that they're spending chopping that cauliflower or whatever they're doing to cook at home, they're thinking about, what can I do to protect things? Yes. And (laughs) so if women are – we didn't rehearse this, ladies and gentlemen. It's just this uh, unrehearsed dialogue. So if women are better planners – then there's probably more reason for women to think about protecting assets even than there is for men. Well, I guess the other reason is that women are going to typically live longer than men, right, in a relationship. Yes, and so women are an important part of a couple relationship to institute this, to to pester the man until they both go into an estate planning attorney's office and get all these documents done to make plans ahead for their assets. I have to give you one more because this one is just too good. This is a guy named Croft Pence. A woman likes a strong, silent man because she thinks he is listening. <laughs> that reminds me of my dad. My <laughs> mother used to pick on my dad, and he would just sit there and be so – it was quiet and not very talkative anyway. He'd just sit there and listen. <laughs> Poor soul. Good old Robert. <laughs> Well, we've talked about some uh, changes in the look-back periods over the years, and now it's a five-year look-back. What about some other kinds of things we could do? You mentioned this irrevocable income-only trust. It might be a place to put a house, but you need five years for that, don't you? Yes, you need five years virtually for everything. So if Um, you put a house into an irrevocable trust, who's typically going to be the trustee of this trust, this irrevocable trust? Well, that's the rub for a lot of people is that if you're going to protect the house, you cannot be the trustee because if you were the trustee, MassHealth would say, well, make use of your house as a resource, sell it, use that money to pay for your care. Now, if you have another person as a trustee, an independent person, you can't force that person to do it. And that's why a trustee who is not you needs to be the trustee 
of an irrevocable income-only trust. I want to ask you another question because this literally came up just this past week. If somebody takes their house and puts it into an irrevocable trust, and okay, let's say there's a child who's the trustee of it, and five years goes by, then the house can be protected from Medicaid, basically, right? Yes. So what happens if the parent decides the house is now too big, it's got too many stairs, I don't want to live here anymore, I want to go move to Florida, I'd like to sell my house. Can the house be sold? Yes, it can by the trustee, who may not be you, who is not you, but it can be sold by the trustee, and the proceeds that are received from that sale can go back into the irrevocable income-only trust, and as the name implies, it can produce income for you because you are the income beneficiary. So maybe the house could be sold, the parent could decide to live in an apartment, and the income from the sale of the house proceeds could be used to pay for the rent. That's the concept, yep. Or the parent could say, I like this little house down in Florida, and I'm going to go spend my days down there, and the child could sell the house. And and generally, by the way, the concept of having a trustee in a trust is it has to be somebody you have confidence in. It has to be somebody you can trust. Right? That's the name. Yep. yep. So as a general proposition, if you're going to name a child or a couple of children to be your trustees, you're going to know that they're going to help you continue to carry out your wishes. They're there to assist you. Well, lots of interesting things. There are other ways to pay for long-term care uh, assistance. Um, and it's not just Medicaid. You might have long-term care insurance. Um, you might have a reverse mortgage to put a mortgage on your house, for example, if there's equity there and you're over the age of 62. And then you could use money from a reverse mortgage to help pay some nursing home costs also, couldn't you? You could. That's a complicated approach. Right. But it is possibility. What are some of the other ways that we could pay for long-term care if you had extra money? Let's say there's a husband and a wife in the home, and we'll pick on the man. He has to go to the nursing home. His wife is going to be at home. But they have a lot of money. They have a lot of cash. Let's say they have three or $400,000. Well, it, it's a complicated answer. Um, one thing that's important to note is that the person who goes into the nursing home is going to have to pay their income to the nursing home. Like Social Security? Yeah, Social Security or pensions. And that could then impoverish the, the spouse that remains at home. So how much and, money can how much in assets can the house can the spouse in the nursing home keep? The spouse in the nursing home can only keep $2,000, but the spouse who remains at home can keep $123,000. All right, so that money would be protected in for their use and for their benefit. Yes, but that small amount of money is not usually enough to produce enough income to keep the spouse at home uh, living in the way that uh, she used to be able to live. Um, And therefore, we often will do something called a SPIA. And that sounds rather odd, but it stands for a single premium immediate annuity. And what happens with that is if you have a couple of hundred thousand dollars, say, of extra assets and you want to become eligible for Medicaid, you give those assets to an insurance company. And the insurance company will pay you back month by month until all of that money is paid back. 
and that's a um, an approach to getting on Medicaid quickly that we will often use when there are spouses, when there's a couple involved. So there are ways that you can spend down money. Um, could you do things like uh, pay for funeral expenses ahead of time as a way to spend down money? Yes. Funeral expenses, as long as it is in an irrevocable situation with the funeral home, then you can spend basically whatever you want on a funeral. You can get pretty elaborate, and they don't mind. And we've seen some funny stories there over the years. I've had people that have done some very elaborate burials. Um, I've done people that have had uh, wishes in their estate plan where they said that they wanted to have their ashes scattered in the Honolulu Zoo in front of the monkey cage. I'm not sure the monkeys would agree with that, but you can do those things. You know, we, we need to plan for quality of life. We need to plan to protect our families. Um, and you need to have life yourself, obviously. Abraham Lincoln once said, in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. So we have to have good quality of life in terms of what we do as well. But there's so many ways that you can protect money. Uh, Long-term care insurance, I know, Tenny, you have a long-term care insurance policy, and it's designed to protect you if you have to go to a nursing home. And if you have a long-term care insurance policy, is that a way to protect your house also? Yes, it it really, I have it to protect you as much as as me because um, (laughs) these days long-term care insurance payouts are not going to pay for the nursing home. The nursing home costs are just too high. Your premiums would be way out of sight if you tried to pay for a nursing facility with long-term care insurance. So the purpose of it now is to become eligible under the state law that says that if you have a minimum long-term care policy, then the state will not put a lien on your house. So it's a way to protect your house. So that's another way to protect your house. And at USA Wealth Group, you can reach us at 508-998-8858. We're happy to show you how you can do some of those things. You know, Tandy, there's something else that people can do. You can take out a regular life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider. And basically what it says is if you had a $100,000 life insurance policy – But now you have certain triggers that happen where you may have to have nursing home care. You can actually access the death benefit ahead of time to help pay for the long-term care in the nursing home. And that might allow additional time to be able to transfer some assets and protect them as well. So give us a call, and we're happy to show you how you can do that. Before we um, get near the end of the show, I'd like to just remind everyone once again that there's a combined complimentary brunch and learn conference put on by USA Wealth Group and Lance Law Inc. We're going to talk about, first of all, some of the new key tax changes in the 2018 tax bill and how it might impact your finances. And then Tenny's going to talk a little bit about how to protect your home from the nursing home and some of the basic Medicaid rules. This is going to be on Saturday, August 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning. Please make a reservation because space is definitely limited. 508-998-8800. Somebody from the law firm will answer your call and make a reservation for you. So Saturday, August 18th, 10 a.m., don't forget that important conference. Well, you know, Tenny, as we get closer to the end here, 
I just want to simply say that there are many things that people can do to protect themselves. But you have to plan as much ahead of time as possible. You can't wait until somebody has a debilitating illness or injury and all of a sudden they have to go to a nursing home. They may no longer have legal competence, I assume, to sign a power of attorney or other documents. Well, that's true, and that's why we tell people to get their legal documents done early. And what's important about both a durable power of attorney for property and health care documents is that you can avoid what we call living probate, or people know as guardianships and conservatorships. I've run into more and more of those lately, and they can be avoided if you have these legal documents in place. So if you plan, you can protect. It's that simple. I'd like to give you a a closing quotation from Mark Twain, one of my favorites. Wrinkles should merely indicate where the smiles have been. Oh, how nice. Isn't that a nice thought? Yes. So if you see somebody with lots of wrinkles, you can say, boy, you must have been smiling and laughing all your life. That's me. Yeah, I have lots of wrinkles, but I smile a lot. No, 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 you don't have lots of wrinkles. (laughs) No, you don't have any wrinkles at all. I haven't noticed any at all. Wait a minute. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Where are my glasses? Let me get my glasses just a minute here. So, Well, there's, there's so many things you can do to protect yourself. There's so many things you can do to protect your family. I want to give you one closing tax tip because I like to do that. We have hurricane season uh, right now. You need to think about preparing for disaster. Take your important papers, get them into electronic format, and get backup copies Keep it out of your house. You know, we've seen things like volcanoes, and we've seen really horrible hurricanes last year. We've seen forest fires that come on very quickly. We don't typically have a lot of those things around here except for hurricanes. But you can lose a lot of paperwork very quickly if you have flooded. So do backups. Get it into electronic format. Put your tax records. Get them scanned. Put them in a good place. I wonder how many people have taken pictures or videos of the contents of your house for insurance purposes. And then again, store this stuff off-site. Easy to do. Thank you so much for listening. Do something to protect your family. Thank you, Tenny. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.